Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello everybody, welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. The pod- podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Oh, it's 11, o- 11 o'clock at night, it's a Monday, I'm short of breath and hungover. Phil, you're probably the same. <laughs> and we're a man down. But we're going to do this anyway because we're professionals-ish. Yes, uh, in the loosest possible sense of the word professional, given your <laughs> the other elements of the introduction that you've just given... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so JB, can you tell me why you are short of breath, uh, blurry eyed, a little cloudy of thought? Well, my oddity started on uh when did it start? It started oh, yeah. on Thursday. You were at the races on Thursday, weren't you? Yeah, so interesting. I went to the races on, on Thursday, Chester races, and who would be there? Uh some of the sail boys? The wholesale coaching team. Really? So I'm walking down the tunnel. There's like a tunnel underneath the course. And the sail coaches are walking towards me. And the combined look of disappointment that I happened to be there was just... It was huge. <laughs> Steve, do you want to know a Steve Diamond fact? Uh, do I? Yeah. Yes. He loves the races. Yeah. He doesn't gamble. Does he not? Nope. No gambling. Doesn't like it. He just likes the uh, drinking and hanging out with the boys. Yeah, I had. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. I like going, I like going for a drink with these boys and that's it. Don't... Don't, don't bet. So I had all of... I tried to keep it very, very short uh, before he got short with me. Uh, <laughs> I, had, I had literally about 30 seconds of hello, and then I scurried off like the weasel I am. Now, I've seen two videos online recently. One at Ascot, one at... I don't want to say, I'm not sure where... Are these the fighting Adrian. videos? Yeah. Two of the worst fighting videos I've seen now, at the races. When you say worst, there's one which is particularly horrific. With the kick to the head on the the floor. But I could also interpret the worst as being like the worst standard of fighting. (laughs) Because there was one, it was ridiculous. It looked like um, the fight from uh, Love Actually. (laughs) Uh, Well, just worst as in awful, awful scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Not not the kind of thing you would expect uh, to see at that kind of well-heeled event. Yeah, well, thankfully, uh, Steve Diamond wasn't fighting. (laughs) <laughs> and neither were any of the coaches. Good. Uh, but they were, were in tremendous suits. Good. Uh, there is that. Uh, so, um, after your Thursday, what else have we been doing? Oh, yeah. And then we went on a <laughs> stag do yes, uh, this weekend to Krakow, which has been particularly harsh on the old body. But we did get to watch some quality rugby. We did. And we did get to practice, practice this, this podcast over and over again 
at different levels of drunkenness. <laughs> so this is actually just a, this is just a repeat of conversations we've already had. Yes, uh, and we were we'd had a few beers when we watched the game. Have you had the chance yet to go back and rewatch it? I have. I managed to watch. Uh, no, I've not rewatched the final. I have watched the Gloucester bl- versus Blues final. Yeah, which was quite some game. Oh, of, if you just look at the spectacle of the games in isolation, the Racing uh, Leinster game is not one for the ages. No, it's it, not. It, there was a lot of errors uh, on both teams. It, it was very. Uh, it, it, it was always going to be like that, a very close call. Um, the Gloucester Cardiff game was a brilliant game. Wasn't some just... some sensational tries and the the storyline as well for Gloucester to go twenty points to six up and like... look look comfortable, look like they were going to walk it, but then Cardiff to come back, Gloucester to reclaim the lead, and then Cardiff to win at the end. I know, just like how did Gloucester do it? Like genuinely, <laughs> how do they do it? <laughs> how do they conspire? <laughs> to just throw away everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a, that, they're they're going to have some interesting time. I mean, let's just link this. Let's talk about it now because because we're here. They've just signed Danny Cipriani. They have. Right. This feels a little bit to me like uh, when Newcastle United went out and and signed what's his name, the Colombian Festino Festino Espria. Yeah. Like. Danny Cipriani is going to make a massive difference to whichever team that he plays in. Is he going to fix Gloucester's underlying fundamental problems, though? (laughs) Well, uh, if you're talking about uh, mental fortitude, in fact, he might add... Or mental weakness, he might add to their problems. I don't know. know. He's he's definitely going to make them better. I'm just not sure if he can make them that much better with what he does. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, the guy he was he was replacing is actually quite Cipriani-esque. Well, Billy Bird, the cross-kick for the uh, Trinder try yeah. was exceptional. It yeah. was absolutely brilliant. I don't know what they're going to do there. Hmm. Because you're going to have Burns, who is a very skillful, very, very good fly-half, not dissimilar, actually, to, in the way he plays to, to Danny Cipriani. Danny Cipriani, who is literally just the master of that sort of play. Yeah. And then you've got to find someone for Owen Williams, who is on something like three hundred to four hundred thousand pounds there. What is he on that much? Yes. So how do you make all these things combine? Yeah, you can move one of them to twelve. But it's not going to be those two tens. It must be Owen Williams. But then what about Atkinson? Yeah, and um, twelve trees is having one of his best seasons. And Trinder, and well, Trinder's been moved out to the wing. Yeah, because uh, twelve trees and Atkinson are playing so well. So, and you know, if they get Van Rensburg, just an embarrassment of riches. I can't understand how they are getting all these players inside the cap. <laughs> uh, yeah, good point. Well, they've got some gaps, haven't they, in mm. their squad? Well, yeah. So, and, and they've got some. They've got some very young, talented back rowers. Yeah, but they're probably not spending as much. Uh, I, yeah, I guess so. A is on his way, and he costs a lot. Yeah, Hibbard's on his way. He costs. A he lot. costs a lot. So maybe they'll have the cap. I surely want to be replacing a hooker and a tight head prop before getting yet another 10 into an already hugely talented stable of yeah. Gloucester players. But actually, let's not talk about Gloucester any longer because yeah, uh, it was all about Cardiff. <clears throat> well, neither of us predicted Sorry, it. Sorry, Blues. It was all about the Blues. The Blues. That's, the, a, that's their name. The Cardiff Blues. No, no, I think it's just Blues now. Just Blues. Is mm. it? No. I'm pretty sure it is. Anyway. 
for them to come back in the manner that they did was exceptional and uh, I just didn't see it I didn't see when they I didn't see it before the game when they were 20 points down I definitely didn't see it yep. almost when they would as it was going on as it was happening I didn't see it but they did it yep. and mm, fair play so the weird thing about the whole season that Cardiff have had well first of all they didn't really do much in the Pro, for, Pro 14 yeah they lose their coach midway through the season who in actually the worst way possible which is just announcing that you're leaving with no actual <laughs> place to go after that I mean he has subsequently found work but you know I'm just getting out guys I'm just but yeah he it was almost a case that he was offered to stay and he said no I would rather take my chances on the open market with no uh with no job and he did and then I think about Cardiff as an org- sorry Blues as an organisation, um, and they just feel like they're a team primarily as you know they're just like a holding company for uh, WRU assets. <laughs> uh, you never see Warburton or yeah, holding company or somewhere where you put them out to pasture. Yes, a, ret- a retirement home yeah. slash uh, yeah slash holding company. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's remarkable because not only did they turn around, like, once Wilson announced that he was leaving, they seemed to play better and better and better. Towards the end, they were putting pressure um, on the better teams in. in from, oh, can you hear something? Yeah. Come on, uh, Cool. Yep. Yeah, and then they go and win the European Challenge Cup. So, hats off to you. Very, yeah. very well done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thoroughly deserved in the end. Uh, <clears throat> uh, now, this is in stark contrast, wasn't it, to the previous game? Sorry, the later game. Yes. I like this on account that it was more for the purest. You really have to appreciate your rugby to enjoy. Uh, what I actually thought was quite, it's quite an awesome display by both teams. I know they, I know, um, what's his name, prop, Keen Healy said it's like winning, winning a fight without landing a punch. <laughs> yeah, which is a fairly good analogy, but I think lots of you know lots of punches were made. It was a brutal grinding game. Yeah, it was brutal, and it was it is testament to both teams that they were able to shut out the two most successful teams. Mm. If that makes sense, yeah, it it really does show the the kind of the quality of their performance. Um, I, I was very impressed with with the way that both teams defended and the pressure they put on, if not the kind of uh, ability to cope with that pressure and attack, if that, again, if that makes sense. Yes. Uh, I also think Yannick Nyanga is a hero. He is. He's an amazing, amazing player. Yeah. Now, I thought, so, obviously I'm not paying much attention to the French, uh, like the French leagues that often. I always thought of him more of a, more of a seven. I also thought, has he had some sort of Prolonged period of injury? Uh, not that I'm aware. Because it, I remember him at Biritz. I'm sure yeah. he was at Toulouse for a time. Yeah. But uh, he wasn't prominent in like the French setup. It's not like he's got a million caps to, to his name. No. No, he's, he's got 40. He's 34, only 46 caps. Uh, he has got more than 250 appearances for Toulouse. Mm-hmm. God, he's got nearly 400. Um, 400 appearances. Yeah, I can't believe he's not played more, more in social rugby. Because he's, obvi- he's obviously been fit. He's got 400 appearances. Yeah. And he's an absolute animal. Yeah, he's a, he's a brilliant player. 
<sighs> yeah, it was um, from their perspective. Um, they'll be disappointed that they didn't capitalise on some of the the opportunities, some of the chances that they had. Mm. Um, wrestling, this is yes. Um, I thought their young scrum half. I say young. Iberi- Iberi- Iberian. Uh, yes, I know. How do you say his name? Yeah, Iriberan. Um, Good enough. Yeah, close enough. Absol- Teddy. Absolutely. Teddy. Awful. Teddy. Teddy. The, the yeah. world with, with two Teddies. Yeah. Um, I thought he stepped up to the occasion brilliantly. Yes. I, I'm, I'm almost. Like, this isn't Mashinode. What's going on? Yeah. So that's a big ask for any player because Mashinode is probably the world's best scrum half. He, he's right up there. And to have the responsibility of kicking, kicking on your yeah. shoulders as well. I thought maybe that's just a French thing. Maybe yeah. you're, you're the nine, you kick. Yeah. Um, but it's not... So they've obviously got Lambie and then uh, Tales, who can both kick. What was the crack with Carter? Do, do we know? Uh, I assume just injured. Uh, or failed a fitness test and didn't, didn't make it. But I don't know, because... We were, we were, we watched we watched in an Irish, uh, was it an Irish bar? Yeah, the Bull, the Bull English bar. It's definitely English. Yeah, uh, but obviously because we were kind of boozing with the boys, no no commentary, so I, we kind of missed the whole. Yeah. what happened with Dan Carter? It feels to me like um, because he he was meant to be there, he wasn't there. That um, that they kept that fairly close to the chest. Although, like you say, I don't know because I wasn't listening to, listening to the commentary. Yeah, yeah. So congratulations, Leinster, for oh, they're, you know a remarkable team. They're so boring, though. And I don't mean this like <laughs> I don't mean their rugby. I mean the way that everything works. They're all good. There's no drama about them. They they just <laughs> relentlessly win. Oh no! So there, there's a couple of other storylines on this. Go on. The Stuart Lancaster storyline. Lazarus. Lazarus or his name? Yeah, redemption for Lancaster. Yeah. Uh, which was brilliant, and, and everyone from in and around the Leinster camp speaking about Lancaster could not be more positive about the impact that he's had. Uh, I've seen stuff with Heaslip, seen stuff with Bod Sexton, uh, called him a, a special coach in the in the post match interview. Thing is, though, I mean, I, I get it, right? Would he be a special coach if they were losing, though? <laughs> well, yeah, but they're not losing. Yeah, but. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure I could lead Leinster to a European Cup final, but we could. We'd get to the semis. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I would get that team to the semis. Well, so the other the other storyline is, despite the probably disappointment in the final, just how good Leinster have been in the Champions Cup this season. Yes, their Champions Cup campaign has been exceptional. To beat Montpellier, uh, Glasgow. And Exeter twice in the group stages yeah. to beat them all twice, and then to go on and very comfortably beat Saracens, and then put uh, Scarlets to the sword. It it is it has been a truly remarkable. Are campaign. you aware that this was the first game in the Heineken Cup, as it will be known next year? Uh, I did see a tweet about it. Yeah, well, let's call it. Let's stay with the Heineken Cup. That. That was the first game Leinster had um, not scored a try, or was it? Oh, yeah, in this in this year's competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does not surprise me. Yeah, they've been 
their whole campaign has been brilliant. And it's so Leo Cullen actually referenced Toulouse. Really? So, so Toulouse, four time champions, yep. as now Leinster are, but he he said they're they're almost learn the lessons or learning the lessons I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but learning lessons from the mistakes of Toulouse, who have not won it for ten years now. Something like that, yeah. But I mean, yeah. how do you learn the mistakes of Toulouse? I mean, how do you... So, I don't know. But yeah. it was, I thought it was an interesting comparison. Because they'd not won it for six years, Leinster. Is that right? Yeah, 2012. Because it's been the uh, Toulon and Saracens dominance since then. Oh, yeah. yeah it would have been. And it's almost... Oh, so, it's, it's a long time for, for a team like Leinster. So, not... yeah, they were listing some boys today. They've got four, um, four European Cups now. Yeah. So people like Sexton have got four European Cups. Yeah. Mega. Absolutely mega. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's quite something. Um, yeah, the Toulouse one. So when they say learn the lessons, uh, in what are the lessons that you get all the best players in Ireland and put them into a team? <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, all the best players in France in one team would be. I mean, that basically was Toulouse. So the lessons they learn is don't play in a league or in a competition. <laughs> <laughs> or Racing or, or Clermont yeah done job done <laughs> or or uh, someone like Altrad who can just oh yeah of course because they're not even the you know, yeah Montpellier the team, team seems to be at the moment yeah hmm yeah so that I mean if that's the lesson and they've taken heed of that great I'm not sure fair play could, uh, could, could uh, take that lesson absolutely and the other storyline if, the, if there was one well it was, it was the two is the Lancaster and the they're they're learning from the, from the uh, mistakes. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about someone else who's continuing continuing learning. England, the England squad squad was out, and the biggest surprise of all, Cameron Redpath. Uh, Cameron Redpath is now got injured. Is astonishing. Yes. yes, it is genuinely astonishing. So, you're not a Sale fan. No, but, not no. But you know a lot about Sale. I know bits and pieces. Um. How many times have you seen him play? I have seen Cameron Redpath play a total number of zero times competitively. Yeah. Cause I, I, I see him a lot of training. I say, I say I see him a lot. I see him as much as anyone else in training. So, if, And that's if he's in. Yeah, I was going to say, because he's still at Sedborough, right? That is correct. So he can't be training all that much. Yeah, yeah they've got to balance out his schoolwork and everything else, which is just... Ridiculous, isn't it? Balancing out your schoolwork so you can go and play international rugby. <laughs> well, yes, yeah. it's stupid. This this step up is astonishing. It it reminds me of um, Matt Tate in terms of the timing. Yeah, I mean maybe. So I think there's more things than meet the eye going on here, right? In fact, I think there's loads of stuff going on. So first of all, let's just address the camera path thing. He is a very good player. Uh, the sale coaches describe him as the best youngster that they have coached. Right, so pretty highly regarded. Yeah. Um, go and follow the Twitter account of Alex Shaw Sport. He knows everything about about young lads. Uh, yep. Young lads coming through. Um, he's hi- he's highlighted many 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 times. So that's fine. So this sort of reminds me, right? And I'm torn here because there is definitely an element of union politics coming into play. Yeah. We've got a situation where Leeds were coached by 
uh, Brian Redpath. Yeah. Brian Redpath told me on my podcast, right, on my on my podcast, and to anyone who, who, who would interview him, that he's leaving rugby because he just wants a full-on change. He just wants to scrap it, walk away, do, do something completely different. So he did, for, for, he is doing, or was doing, foreign currency exchange. For right. a sum number of about six months. Yeah. Like when then he got recruited as a Scottish under-21s coach. Now, I wonder why that might be. <laughs> I mean, I wonder why he might be uh, in that role, like Malinder and uh, Farrell and Ford Four, yeah. and Grayson. Yeah. And, you know, it does help if your dad's in, 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 the, co- in the coaching setup. Yeah. It helps your dad if yeah. your son's in the playing yeah, setup. Yeah, I mean, forget being a good player. What I need is a good son. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that massively, massively helps. And I think it's England making an, an early, an early power grab for him. Wait, England making an early power grab for Cameron Redpath. Cameron Redpath. That's why yeah. they put him in the senior squad. Yeah. And if it is, I mean, that's weird because you shouldn't be using the national place places. I mean, it's only one guy at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. You know, so if that is and what they are doing, it compromises everything really because it it cheapens the shirt. It does, you know, it, it's just not a good look. And it's it's one guy who's eighteen. I mean, I've no no, no idea if he's going to be that good. Yeah. He might be. He he might be. Uh, there there are lots of very high potential athletes at eighteen who don't make it. Yeah. Or who certainly don't uh, fulfil the potential um, that someone or several people think they have. Exactly right. So mad. Like not a single minute of Premiership rugby. I think he was on the bench against Newcastle. Was it? Yeah. But there is a flip side to this, which for all of Eddie Jones's faults, he has one remarkable talent, and that is identifying talent very early doors. Yeah, yeah. There is no two ways about it. He is very good at that. So Matt, uh, Matt Gitto played his first international game before he played uh, for his club. Uh, obviously, he spotted Gary Graham, who yeah. turns out a bloody good, bloody good, good player. Gary Graham, who had like three games of... Yeah. Uh, Club rugby at Newcastle. Not even people that played with Gary Graham knew he was this good. So how yeah. Eddie Jones knew, yeah, is beyond me. Marcus Smith. Marcus Smith is a great example. Yeah, and it seems every time he picks a player like this, it turns out well. So I, I hope that this that this will continue, but we will see. I've got a feeling it's more along the lines of inviting Valakots to England. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Camp rather than... Um... A genuine call-up. I can't see Cam Redpath starting against South Africa. That's what well, I imagine. Like. So let's assume his last game was Sedbert versus Kirkham or someone like that. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're playing against South Africa in South Africa. 
the step up and standard between those two things is. No, it, I, I played Kirkham. <laughs> And I can, I can, I've never played South Africa, right? <laughs> but I can tell you right now, it's vastly different. It, it's incomprehensible how different those two standards are. It's <laughs> incredible. Yeah. So, well, so good, luck, good, good luck to him, man. I hope he is the real deal. Yeah, absolutely. Now there are a few other. Uh, oh, I thought there was only Cameron Redpath that was called up. What? I thought that was that was all the Japanese. <laughs> it's a one-man squad. Yeah. Uh, no, there were a few other um, interesting call-ups uh-huh. in the same position, or well, actually, one of the possible positions of Cam Redpath. Huh. Well, that's an interesting one. Because I, I was assuming he's a ten, but I don't actually know. I've seen him listed as a, a versatile back that can play centre. Yes, you're absolutely right, mate. So he is a ten originally. Yeah. Right, but. Sale have a lad called Kieran Wilkinson who plays 10 for them. Yep. And Cameron Path so tell us that they got him around the field. Yeah. Which is a terrible bit of news for Cameron Path. Yeah. Terrible. Because you're going to end up like James Hook or Austin Healy. No, Austin Healy's class. Austin Healy was class, but Austin Healy didn't go to the World Cup. Oh, yeah. But he, he actually... missed out on the World Cup because of his versatility. Yeah, but he actually made it work for. A long, a long, long time. Like he, could, he could. Li- li- the difference was, Austin Healy could play anywhere and play it remarkably well. Yeah. Whereas James Hook couldn't. Like they're always trying to fit him in, fit him into the team. And yeah. It just never really happened for him. Um, Henry Slade. That's a more personal example. Yeah, that is a very good example actually. So, yeah, they move, they play him at twelve or they play him at fifteen. Yeah. So I think he's gonna have to settle down and pick, and pick a place. So yes, there you go, twelve or fifteen. Yeah, and uh, Harry Malland is another one that's got the the risk of uh, being too tall. He wants to be 15. Yeah, but is 15 his best position? I think 12. Yeah, me too. Mm. Anyway, so the other news. So Cipriani in um, justified by his performances this year. 100%. Um, Luke Karandicki in... Johnny, okay. Johnny Hill in. Good, good. Um, now, there's a few people who are out through being rested. Uh, Dan Cole and Danny Kerr were mentioned. Fine. Haskell's not in the squad. Nope. But, and well, Haskell's not in the squad. Gary Graham's not in the squad. Mark Wilson is in the squad, along with uh, Tom Curry. Um, good, good. And then Dan Robson and Ben Spencer both make the squad excellent yeah so Ben Spencer hasn't kicked on as far as I'd like him to no um I think he I think he has to play so I think he often plays the kind of Wigglesworth type role when he plays in Saracens which doesn't necessarily suit his game yeah but when he can cut loose in some of their big victories he is a very dangerous runner yeah um Danny Cipriani Let's talk more about Danny Cipriani. So, so he, he has also... So, we've, we spoke about his move. Yeah. He's also been named on the uh, Aviva Premiership Player of the Year Good uh, panel or shortlist this year. Again, fully justified. Uh, this tells me a couple of things, right? First and foremost, I wonder if the Six Nations team that England put out is the last incarnation of that team under Jones. So I think England seems going forward now. They look very, very different, and I think that's 
partly, well, it's driven by lots of things. Part of that will be the Jones effect after two years absolutely wearing down, down those lads to the point that they're no longer as effective as they were at international rugby. I think that's pretty, that's pretty obvious when you watch them play. So they could have a bit of a bounce back now as they all come back into the, as all these new faces come into the team. They all, they all want to impress. They can operate at that level that Jones demands. Now, they might not be quite as good as the guys that they're, they're, they're replacing, but they will be able to put up with that high tempo and that high pressure environment for another two years. Yeah. So I, I think, especially people like Johnny Hill, Cowan Dickey, never been exposed to that level of rugby before. Now's yep. the time. And there's a couple of other guys. So uh, we referenced him last week. Uh, Jack Willis yep. is in alongside the another bit of a controversy that made some headlines of Brad Shields. Don't Co- like it. Called up, selected. I think it's pathetic. <laughs> I do. I think it's stupid. What, Brad Shields coming in? Yeah. I, I mean, it doesn't say anything about this. It's almost like... I, it's like a bad culture thing. Like, they have ignored someone like John Ross. They've ignored a guy like Haskell, who has been one of England's best back rowers, I think, last for the last two years. Yeah. Um, there's a load of reasons why you don't do this, but ultimately it's just a bit of a kick in the nuts to all the lads who are, who are behind him. So, uh, no, you, Don Armand, you Gary Ex- Graham. Yeah, exactly. Don Armand. Why is he not? So, John Ross, interestingly, because they've got the South Africa squad that we've just been running through. They've then got the Brighton training squad, which is those who are in that South Africa squad. Um, oh, there you go. Yep. It's those who are in that South Africa squad and aren't in the playoffs, and then some other lads who aren't in the playoffs to kind of supplement them. So, John Ross does make the Brighton training squad. Ah. Along with. Well, there's lots. Marlon Yard got called up today. Yeah, so Marlon Yard uh, and Trinder. Trinder. Uh For the injured, it's almost unbelievable to be saying this, the injured Cameron Redpath and Ben Loader. Ben Loader's another one. Yeah. Ben Loader's meant to be brilliant. Yeah, he's got his first try, uh, and he's, I think it was his first start in the Viva so, last week or two weeks ago. Give me a second. Done. Right. So there is a little bit more news which we've which we've not not spoke about. One of the England players who didn't make it but has made previous training training squads has gone on loan. Joe Cockner Singer has gone to um gone to Bath Bath for an alleged two hundred and forty K. Ooh, big money. It is, particularly when you you know not not unproven. Well yeah, when you're proven not to be proven. <laughs> which is what exactly what he is at the moment. So uh, yeah, that's 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 a bit of a joke actually. Um, yeah, Ben Ben Loader's meant, meant to be some some real talent. Very talented. Yeah, I even heard that he was on his way to sale. Really? Yeah, I did. But hmm. never materialised. Again, another guy who you can't even find his profile on the London Irish website, or at least you couldn't when I looked him up. <laughs> yeah, um, there has been some. We touched on a little bit of the news, the transfer news. Because this is only going to be a relatively short podcast. Yes. Um, shall we? So Wasps have done a lot of business this week. Don't know any of these boys that they're bringing in though. Do you? So they brought in. So they've released um, Sippers and Haskell, two big names. Yeah. They've brought in Charlie Matthews, not so big a name. Yeah. The Enforcer. The Enforcer. 
They then brought in five or six guys from the championship. Um, the only one that I know is Michael Le Bourgeois. Yes, he's Jersey, was he? He was Jersey, yeah. He's been at Bedford, Bru- Bedford Blues. Now this, releasing two England internationals, highly paid in Sippers and, and Haskell, yep. potentially not always available, yep. and going for five or six championship lads, it's got the it's got the feel of a money ball play. Yes, it does. Whether it's successful or not will be another story. Well, yes. A bit multifaceted, this, because I actually think... Uh, we'll talk about the Hask deal in, in a second. But both the Cipriani and the Haskell deal, deals strike me as money ball plays, and the first time, really, we've seen the salary cap have an effect on teams. Yeah. So the, And also, players not being able to command the wages that they thought because teams are full up. Yeah. So teams have now got to honour the contracts of the players that they've already got, and then, and then offload, offload them. Yeah, yeah, or offload them. Because another one, Kyle Eastman. Yeah. So there's three big internationals who, who all three of them will be on big money. Yeah, so Kyle Eastman reminds me a lot, a lot of, of Wesley Snyder. Um, do you remember the the footballer um, went to Galatasaray, yeah? Yeah. So everyone was... Everyone said, oh, well, he'll come over to United or he'll come over here. Yeah. And then I was always followed up by, oh, yeah, he, he comes with big wages. Now, I would love to be in the situation where, despite whatever I do on a rugby field or a football field, I'm just known as the guy that commands big, 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 wages. big wages. Whether whether I'm worth it or not, <laughs> irrelevant. He just commands big wages. Kyle Eastman is the same sort of player. Commands big wages. I mean, you wouldn't have thought so looking at his last two years, but he is an expensive player. Yeah. Now, I, I, he'll have to go to France. If he wants to get anything like the money he thinks he's, he's worth, well, he's going to have to go to France. Well, we, so, the interesting one with Kyle Eastman was he re-signed for Bath on what was supposed to be some, uh, like 330 He was going to be Bath's highest-paid player. Yeah. And was it after Ford went? Yes. They said, well, we don't think you're worth it. And they and, might be right. Possibly. I mean, well, yeah... He's he's a very good player. Yeah, is he worth? If he's on the field, he should be the highest paid player on the field, probably, or one of the two or three. But he's not on the field enough. Yeah, so he's not worth it. And so this is when you're going to see teams make these decisions that may may here maybe they want five guys who will play more than one guy who doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Or if those five or six guys, if they get two of them, so those those five or six will be on considerably less in total than. Yeah. Eastman, Hask, and Sippers. Yeah. Cons- considerably less. Yeah, so the average premiership wage now apparently is £158,000. Is that just the salary cap divided by the number of players? Uh, don't know. Steve, <laughs> Di- Steve Diamond told me. £158,000. It, it feels a bit low, that, to me. It says that's, that's the average wage. Okay. So, uh, so Sale, just so you know, have got a higher average wage, but less players, and that's how they do it. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that makes sense. And no contact in training, so they can continually feel that field the, the best players. Yeah, and end up in seventh, um, <laughs> or, or, or eighth, or, or, or good, <laughs> even, even worse. Uh, yeah. So it also could be linked can it, to Wasps' alleged money issues. Yes, yeah. which is the other angle here. And if it is, that's not so good. No, no, but. It, It'll be interesting because we we love 
uh, a kind of, uh, I want to say rags to riches, but that's not the right phrase, but someone coming from the championship or lower and stepping up to the higher level. Do you know what? I'm convinced, right? If I got a championship, the best team the championship has to offer, put them into a premiership team, they would be absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. And the reason that I think that is, it's just the opportunity. I mean, loads of these lads have been in the championship anyway. If you look at, um, there's so many, Mark Atkinson, uh, yep. Will Will with uh, Will with John who hasn't missed a tackle since 1997. <laughs> since records began. Since records began, yeah. Uh, there's there's loads of examples of these guys coming up, and it's just about the opportunity, the environment, and getting into you know the like the right club with the, with with the right with the right support. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that these guys will be fine as long as wasps are you know coaching properly, <laughs> which is something you've highlighted in the past. Exactly. Um, so, the Viva Premiership Player of the Year, Sippers made the shortlist. Yeah. Have you seen the other nominations? Um, let me guess them. Uh, Marcus Smith. No. Vaniki Gonover. Gonover. Yeah. Um, Don Armand. Don Armand. Yes. Although not as good as he was last season. Uh, yeah, that that might be fair actually. Yeah, it's still very. good. He's though. still very very good. Um. Who else? Who else? Who else? A prop of some sort. No, no props. No props. So you've got... Uh, there's two to get. Neither of them are from uh, playoff teams. John Ross. Nope. What? That's outrageous. Nope. That's, but that's, that's offensive. Think someone close to John Ross. Not positionally. Ruin Ackerman. Nope. Uh, In t- t- terms of team... And one of the Currys, no, Josh Dross and nationality, don't know Faf. Oh yeah, of course. And of course. the final one is probably the most surprising. Um, is Northampton's Jamie Gibson? I can see that. So I can, I can see I, I can see it. I think he's a very good player in a a poor team, but Northampton have been such a poor team. Yeah, Jamie Gibson is the sort of person that you'd pick if you really, really know your rugby. Because his line work is superb. In fact, when he came up to the AJ Bell, um, I think it was this season, uh, he completely ruined Sale's lineup, which is usually yeah. pretty good. Like, he just runs the show. Yeah. So, yeah, good. Excellent, in fact. I always thought he was going to be an absolute superstar when he scored the last-minute try for London Irish against Leicester Tigers. Yeah, I can't remember when when that was, but he did score, and he was like nineteen. I thought this this kid, this kid, and then he got signed by Tigers. Yeah, uh, but yeah, good good for him. Uh, so yeah, be interesting to see any uh, expected winner from that. Expected winner from that from um, I think uh, Faf could be Faf. No one has done more for their team than Faf. Sippers has been brilliant this year. Sippers has been bloody good. I still uh, think Faf. Hmm. I mean, in terms of raw talent and how different he is. Yes. There's there's no one like Faf. It's like when you watch old videos of Jonathan Davis playing. Yeah. And he and he just starts fly hacking it for no for no reason that anyone can understand, <laughs> and he scores a try. You think bloody yeah. hell. You can't you can't coach that. There is no decision tree which leads you to that conclusion. I must fly hack this uh, <laughs> this ball until I until I score. <laughs> um, another bit of news 
Yes, please. Do you see who's going to be Bath's attack coach for next year? Yeah, I know nothing about him, really. So I know who Gervin Dempsey is, obviously. I obviously think Lentz are a great team. Whilst, Yeah, and it's interesting that there's been a lot of talk about the Leinster coaching setup recently, and he didn't really feature in any of those conversations. But from those people in the know and talking about kind of the work that he does behind the scenes, he's got a very good uh, write-up. Hasn't he? Since this has been announced, yeah. Yeah, so dear, what? Well, coaching is interesting a little bit because uh, obviously he's one in there. There's a lot of talk about Blackadder not hanging around. Yeah. Although maybe um, getting into Europe has papered over those cracks somewhat in the short term. Yeah. Uh, who are the next potential directors of rugby who aren't directors of rugby? Ooh. Good question. So for me, there's a couple of guys that stand out. Uh, Alex Sanderson. Yeah, I mean he has to be like front front of the queue. Um, Does he? So it's interesting. Do they want to though? Do they want a DOR? Uh, what, a new DOR in? Well, no. Do the do the people who are very very good coaches or specialist yeah. coaches? Do they always want to? Um, I think the answer is yes, right? Because they're all ego driven. Yeah. Right. So. The smartest thing in the world, right, would be to never to only do defence coaching, and you know when your team's not doing so well, bring in some wolves, t- tell them to in- increase their line speed. Has there ever been a defensive problem that can't be solved with more line speed? <laughs> more line line speed, or get a wild animal to training? Yeah, yeah. Get tight with the breakdown, line speed. Hey, yeah. Hey, don't get beat. Yeah, we never get beaten on the inside. Yeah. And we increase our line speed continually until it can't be increased any anymore, and then we'll work out how to increase it further. Yeah. So you know, just things like that. You build up a, a, a mega reputation, maybe have one of the really good paying... So the, the the key job in rugby, the one you really want, is defence coach part-time for an international team. Like yeah. Sean Edwards, perfect. Yeah. Been doing the job for 10 years. Yeah. Anyway, what was, what was the question? Um, well, the question was, uh, who are the next? So uh, Sean Edwards is, uh, yeah. was, was mentioned as one. Um, Farrell has been Farrell. mentioned as one. Farrell could be a DOR tomorrow. Just yeah, like a figurehead again. Does he does he want to be? Because no. I would have thought these are these are names like Sean Edwards. Does he want to be? Um, and well, I, I mean, yeah. he, he did it for Wasps for a period, didn't he? Ian McGeekin, I think, was the no. How on was it? After Gatland, Gatland. Yeah, I think he was a head coach for for a bit. The one that I never saw coming because I didn't even know who he was. Dan McFarland, who Ulster. Oh right, the the new boy. What is he? Is he being, being appoint, appointed? He was appointed a few weeks ago. What, uh, where's he from? Uh, the Glasgow guy. Oh, sorry, I do know that. I do know that. Oh, interesting. No, he was Scotland. Was he not Scotland? Glasgow, Glasgow Scotland. and Scotland. Yeah, he yeah. was Connacht before that. That's the one. Oh right, okay. Yeah, yeah. The, there must be some others out there because I don't think it's particularly successful just retreading. Old DORs. Yeah. Like, Mike O'Connor has not been a, a, a raging su- success. No. And there's a lot of guys out there doing a lot of good, a lot of good work. Absolutely. Hmm. Right. Any, on any forty-one minutes. Anything else we want to talk about? Um, so we, we will get a uh, a preview podcast ahead of the Aviva Premiership. Oh uh, yes. Semi-finals when Cocker is available. 
Yeah, we'll get later in the week another proper podcast with a professional on it tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, we might even have someone from Glasgow Warriors calling in. Interesting, that could be fun. Oh, I can tell the story about how um, I got attacked at the at at the Broughton the Broughton Park dinner. (laughs) You went to the Broughton Park. You gate crashed the Broughton Park dinner. Do you you know this? No. Yeah. So Friday night, I um, had a few beers with with you lads. Yeah. And uh, literally on my street on the way home, I thought, you know what? Wouldn't mind one or two more beers. About nine o'clock, I thought I'll just nip into Broughton Park and and say uh, and say hi. And within about two minutes, I had some drunken thug uh, <laughs> who who coaches the first team swinging a punch at me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> good work. Very good. Absolute gone variety thug. Anyway, I'll tell you that story in detail. In more detail. In more than detail. That. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow, when we'll have Cocker back and all those things, I'll do my uh, little sign-off thing now, which is go follow us on uh, what is it, Apple Podcasts. We're, we're there. Leave us a review, because we do love reading your your reviews. Yeah, we've not done any reviews for a while, actually. No. Uh, and, of course, as always, we are on Twitter, at Rugby Podcast. So, until tomorrow, when we'll have a much better podcast for you, let the boys play. Let the boys play. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.